0: Support for this podcast is brought to you by Pride Houston. Join Pride Houston Saturday, June 22nd for the 2019 Houston LGBT Pride Celebration. The festival kicks off at noon at Houston City Hall featuring a live performance by hometown music icon Lizzo. As always, admission is free, but to get the best seat during the show, upgrade to Pride's main stage experience and up-close access pass that lands you directly in front of the stage. Plus, get the ultimate VIP treatment with Pride Celebration VIP tickets. Enjoy an open bar at the festival and parade. Catered food, grandstand parade viewing, and more. For event and ticket information, visit Pride Houston.org.
1: Have you done the work to tell this narrative? Whether right. it's hanging out in those communities, like talking with folks right. in those communities, seeing like how they live, how they mm-hmm. would like to be portrayed. I think that if you're writing a narrative, the question you have to ask is like, why are you specifically writing that narrative? Right.
2: Hey, I'm Mai with Dear Queer, and we are an all-inclusive podcast based out of Houston, Texas. We're also a Spectrum South podcast that centers queer voices and cutie-pock folks, yeah. which is really nice. That stands for Queer Trans People of Color. But it's cute because it's called Cutie-Pock, so thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Yeehaw. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hey sorry andy did we catch you at a bad time
0: yeah i'm eating cereal you did what kind of cereal are you eating um just regular cheerios and then i add a granola and i'm eating it with like chocolate almond milk so oh bitch
2: whoa that sounds amazing (laughs) i hate like Mm -hmm. i hate soggy cereal yeah.
0: Me too. So like I'm just kinda worried about it now
2: since I'm like recording an episode of my podcast. Oops. <laughs> it's it's just oatmeal well, now at this point. Yeah, sorry. We had to catch Indisha before she had to scooter loo. Go to work. To work grind. Like, grind. like grind. we all do. Mm-hmm. Rise and grind. Fuck Mind. capitalism. Mind. Yeah. Yes, that too. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I have this yeah. thing that I, I think I have a texture thing with food. Like, I don't like soggy cereal and I also don't like ice cream that's melted and oh, I, I hate milk. right so I like have to eat that shit and I get a brain freeze or like that like tightness you get in your chest when you mm-hmm. eat like cold stuff too quickly yeah um, mm-hmm. like every single time so it's like I prefer almost to not eat ice cream to avoid that <laughs> dang that's rough I love ice cream I do too but I don't mm-hmm. like melted ice cream it's, no? it's, it's just soup it's milk oh soup. yeah you might as well be drinking a milkshake. Yeah. I'll just get a milkshake. I didn't get a milkshake. I got ice cream. Yeah. I have a lot All of right. feelings about this. That's rough. <laughs> My life is so hard. <laughs> yeah. So today, folks, we have a special guest today with us. It's ice cream. No, it's kidding. ice cream. Let's talk about no, ice cream. No. This it's will be our segment so on the show. Bell. It's summertime anyway. Yeah. Blue Bell. <laughs> Fuck Blue Bell. We have a representative from Bluebell Ice Cream. <laughs> But yeah, anyways, um, today our special guest is a local writer, Brian Washington. He's written for a lot of things, and he just recently released a book called Lot with a mm-hmm. bunch of fictional stories. Yeah, he talks about Houston. I just finished it. Yeah, it's how was pretty it? pretty great. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I'm excited nah. to talk to What was to about the book that you liked the most? The stories, like him just talking about streets, like, in a book. You know, I don't know. No, I don't and, know. <laughs> like... He just says, like, Westheimer, or he says, like, oh. Lockwood. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, I know those when things. When he's talking about, like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I know those streets. Mm-hmm. I've been there. And then on top of that, it's, like, the characters yeah. in the stories. And I'm like, oh, I know someone just like that. So, for you, it's relatable for mm-hmm. the characters, but also... You were connected by the fact that's like, these are streets I recognize mm-hmm. around Houston. And just, yeah, it being a, it's a Houston story, I feel like. It's yeah. very raw. Like
0: the thing to a Drake mixtape when he like talks about Houston. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but like not Drake, because Drake's not from here. Bash. Drake like yeah, it wants does. to so badly be from here. Yeah, he does. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> like, he wants to be here more so than a lot of Houstonians want to be here. Like, from here. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Anyway. (laughs) It's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, he jumped on with, like, Megan the Stallion, so I'm like, "Mm, get away, you piranha. (laughs) Honestly, he needs to stay the fuck away from her. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, she's not even underage. Like, why do
0: you like her? No, I'm kidding. (laughs) I don't know why. I just feel really protective over her.
2: Right? Didn't she do a collab recently or did something come out she just released an album right um last on this friday this past friday that's what it was because i remember her name was like in like on my radar I can't remember like what it was and she's from houston yeah 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 that's pretty i thought that was really dope yeah yeah and she goes to tsu what eat your cereal eat your cereal eat your oatmeal but we have to hear it yeah, I want you. Mm-hmm. To hear, oh, oh, I want to hear you chew it. Oh no, I want to hear the spoon hit the bowl and you like scoop it. Yeah. <coughs> no, you're just tapping. Mm-hmm. I want it to just, hear the milk. And <laughs> like- That's not authentic, <laughs> Indisha. on. <laughs> um. We have some expectations here on the podcast, um, and it's ASMR (laughs) with your food. (laughs) I feel like that's been like what this whole season has been revolving around different. ASMR. I like it. I like that little girl Mm -hmm. who eats things with the red hair. What little girl that eats things? What? And she like talks into the mic like this and then like, I don't don't know. (laughs) What does she eat? Um... Made, she- like chick-fil-a or something recently I saw something mm. oh and she she's like she's really like Tasty looking. <laughs> she's like, oh, Jesus, she's, she's got, got red hair. <laughs> she's like twelve. <laughs> this <is> so rude. <laughs> oh, god. She's light skin. She's white. <laughs> well, I feel like with the red hair, it just like brings out like, oh yeah, yeah the the skin. And, and I'm not even being rude about that. It's just I know it's with people with red hair. It's they have lighter pigment. Yeah, so they're like allergic to the sun or something.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Fuck, I'm an asshole. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're talking shit on a twelve year old. No, not about specifically her. You just called her pasty. (laughs) What the the fuck? We can replay that clip if you want. Is pasty
0: rude? I mean... What is pasty? No, not if it's true. If you're pasty, you're
2: pasty. (laughs) See? It's not to be... It's just like color, you know? Mm -hmm. The color of paste. (laughs) Speaking of paste, I went to Target the other day. Yeah. And I need to stop myself from going because I Why? only went for one thing and I came back with a lot of stickers. What do we have to tell you? Like Target supports anti-gay people <laughs> like, for you to know they don't. I know they don't. <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> um, I don't know because I went in there and I was in the craft section and I like saw all like the glitter glue and mm-hmm. I so bad they want to get it. But then I decide not to. Mm. That's self-care. That is self-care. Mm-hmm. I'm You're restraining myself. That. Thank you. I, should, I need self-care. Someone sh- give me money. My car just got flooded. Oh, yeah. So what happened with that? Um, it rained a lot in Houston. Right. And when it rains a lot, the, the streets get flooded. That's the other thing. Like our <sighs> our uh, streets are so bad here. Um yeah, It's like any, any time it storms or anything like that, it's like, hi, we have like, what, three inches of rain, but then street flooding everywhere. Yeah. Um, I think my thing is, is like, so they issue a warning and then I, let, so my car got stranded. Yeah. Got some water. It didn't get water in it, just in the engine and it fucked it up. So mm-hmm. basically I left it there and then had to waddle in deep waste water wait you you were in waste in waste waste deep deep water water? yes shut the fuck up are you serious Mm -hmm. why did you do that mine so dangerous (laughs) what the fuck was i supposed to just (laughs) wait it out in the in the car already in water Mm -hmm. you took a nap or something bitch no (laughs) i would have passed out and then what if the water would have gotten higher and then would have been my doozy God, I'm sorry. <clears throat> and did, didn't did you say you just paid that car off? Yeah, dude. <sighs> just paid it off like two months Jesus ago. Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. That fucking sucks. <sighs> dude, okay. I miss your car already. Oh, me too. <laughs> I bet you do, but I like your car. Did you yeah, find exactly. it afterward? Yeah, I was at a lot. Some tow truckers took it because they're... They like to ravage fucking cars. Hold well, did they make the you gouge. pay for that tow? No, my insurance is paying that. Okay. Also, but I'm fortunate well, enough to have, have insurance. Well, that's to be like, yeah, so. you... See, I think that's... I, I think it's they should be... fucked up. Yeah, it's fucked up. I think they should be illegal. Whenever it's storming, uh-huh. of course, there's going to be cars are stranded, but they're towing your car when you didn't tell them to tow your car, Yeah, but they're going to make you pay for that. Mm. Now, luckily, you have the insurance store. That's not a big deal, right? But then, But like, other people don't. Right. And that's like, bullshit. And mm-hmm. in, in the area that I was, I know people don't, like... Mm. I was off telephone and TeleSpin, so like... Right, like a, a, a working class area. Yes, working class area, for sure. <sighs> Bullshit. But, yeah, anyway, speaking of working class and working area, mm-hmm. we're going to have a conversation with Brian um yeah. andisha won't get to be with us so we'll ask because Andisha hates her. us no capitalism hates us mm. and it's taking capitalism andisha. Hates me correction <laughs> correction <laughs> actually yeah actually no no adisha it's fine i'm just being a brat <laughs> <laughs> all right Andy. Yeah, um it'll work yeah yeah which which job are you going to today um just a laundromat okay oh spin spin mm-hmm. if go, visit yeah. andisha. go visit go visit if you're in portland <laughs> And wash your clothes, drink some wine and beer. Is that what that is? Yep. Yeah. Wow, bougie. That's fancy. That's fancy. Straight up. Wow. I've well, been... I'm
0: not at the fancy one. I'm at their second location, which is just a laundromat.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, so the other one's fancier. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, all right, Andy. Go ahead, go get to work, and we'll have this interview. I'm excited. Me too. All right. I'm y'all excited. have fun or... Thanks. All right. Bye. Hey, hey. Yeah. Peace. Peace. All right. So, yeah, let's have this conversation and see with, how uh, how it goes with Brian. Yeah. All right. Yay. Hey, Brian. Hey, Welcome to dog? the studio.
1: Thanks so much for having me. Oh, yeah. you
2: have a soothing voice.
1: Ah, yeah, like a crooner almost. Yeah,
2: it's great. Well, I could like listen. I could like fall asleep to
1: it. I'm glad y'all like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's too low. Like it's too. deep.
2: What? Who no tells you that?
1: No one can hear me. Everyone.
2: Oh. All the time. It's yeah. kind of like uh who's that that talks? um Russell Wilson. Oh yeah. I when like he when he talks to <laughs> Sierra. Is <that laughs> he's so
1: offended. Is that a great thing?
2: I don't know. I <laughs> no, he's gonna leave our I show now. I feel strongly
1: about it, but I don't know whether it's a good strong. Like
2: it's good not. Straw. It's not like that. You sound like him. It's just like the way that you. It's like. <laughs> it's like soulful.
1: Okay, I'll take soulful. I'll take soulful over (laughs) Russell Wilson. I can apply soulful to a lot of
2: different. So. That was Brian yeah. oh, no. No. and he's leaving the show. Yeah, he's, actually he's, he's actually walking walking out. out. This is fine. Yeah. Welcome. That thank was you such for a good interview.
1: <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was great.
2: Just, <laughs> thanks PRH. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for um, coming in and yeah, we really appreciate you like taking the time and doing that.
1: Yeah. yeah I appreciate thank you, thank you for all. coming. I mean, the work that you all do is, you know, vital. So
2: thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It's always really weird to me when people are like, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, why?
1: <laughs> That's, I, I have is, the same reaction yeah. when, you know, this whole book thing. I'm just like, why are yeah, you reading this? Like,
2: which mm-hmm. I have right These, here. Yeah, yeah. So it's right, right at the table. Here, like, I want everyone to listen to the pages. See? ASMR. ASMR, Julian.
1: <laughs> you should have an ASMR a podcast. Uh, this is turning pages. Someone, surely someone's doing it's that like, already. It's like,
2: this is this book, and this is what it sounds like. <laughs>
1: That would be really soothing to listen to, like right. on the train, or just like a nice commute.
2: Like this is just, this right? is Brian Washington's book called Lots Stories, and it sounds like this. And you turn the pages. One by one, yeah. One by mm-hmm. one. Yeah. yeah. And
1: they make a nice Houston commute. Just like, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Chapter one, Alice. <Ailey's. laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I actually just finished listening to your book. So I did listen to uh, you. Who yeah read it. I heard you, read oh book, shit. Uh, you it. even like read your book, yeah
1: like, oh. so <laughs> got, it was
2: like you and a couple of it other was people. yeah, I
1: got very fortunate, like the folks who read it like they just did a really lovely job
2: mm-hmm. yeah, care of it, which yeah
1: is the norm, I suppose, but like mm-hmm. I just was very lucky,
2: yeah, I think one of the person that read it, I think she. Or they, they also did another book that I read recently too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, wow, that voice sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah like, oh, they did a really
1: great job asking uh, yeah. um, for <clears throat> the fanon. Yeah. So mm-hmm, I
2: yeah. want to backtrack a little bit because we sort of jumped in about the book. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the book, not just us, but for like our listeners who may be unfamiliar with your work and they're probably are like, oh, who is Brian Washington? Yeah, like, who the fuck
1: is this guy? Yeah, yeah who the yeah. fuck
2: is this guy that just yeah. walked into this podcast? Well
1: that's a big question. I can talk about the book. Like that, that might be a bit more manageable. Uh lots yeah. uh, but, of but, yeah, who, yeah,
2: is, but who is Brian Washington? <laughs> Maybe
1: like that's for them to decide. Yeah. The podcast. So just put all of the clues together. Um <laughs> yeah a collection of stories uh, each of them takes place in a part of Houston and there's a recurring narrator. So mm-hmm. I sort of think of it as an experimental novel. I was in a moderated conversation mm-hmm. with someone in Sydney a few weeks ago and he was like, hey, this is actually an experimental novel so yeah. it's been it's been interesting seeing how people sort of codify the book based yeah. on uh, what they want to see in it. Right. but each story or each uh, couple of stories is set in a different hub of the city and when I was originally writing it, I thought that I would have... A different story in a different part of the city. And from that you sort of get a menagerie mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. the Greater Houston area could look like. And that was just, I think, too big of yeah. a project. Like yeah. it was like super exp- yeah. Yeah, he said yeah. Right bat, like, yeah Yeah. 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 It was it's fucking fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah it, was quite, it was sprawling. Yeah. It was quite, <laughs>
2: Jesus Christ. Quite <laughs> yeah. massive.
1: Yeah. And I like, I think like when I was doing that originally, mm-hmm. like I cared very much about like getting things right. Right. Which is not at least for me, a great place to approach narrative from. Like I'm better when I work with voice and with relationships. Like that's sort of my comfortable pocket. And once I sort of latched on to one voice for better or worse, that sort of became the recurring narrator and things started Mm -hmm. falling from there. Cause Mm -hmm. it was easier to think of how that one person viewed the city Mm -hmm. and I was able to sort of build the yeah. city that they occupied from there instead of trying to move from the outside in. Yeah. Okay, like what does the city look like and then what do the people look like? Working vice versa right. is best mm-hmm. for me specifically. I yeah. know people who can do the other, but I, I just can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So you would say that's like your writing technique, how you work. Yeah, With for that, now. Oh, for right now? Yeah. And just based off this specific novel that you did?
1: Yeah, yeah. Based off of a lot specific, because I. it's funny because like I wrote that... We finished it uh, about four years ago, and then, like, we sold it two years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, in the interim,
2: oh, I've been working on other yeah.
1: stuff. So, mm-hmm. reading it was interesting mm-hmm. because I could just see where my aesthetic had yeah. changed in a lot of different mm-hmm. places. Yeah, because
2: you've you written a lot of other
1: articles with yeah. other
2: publications. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: and you can just sort of – the things that you might be preoccupied with as a writer, just they just change because yeah. it changes a person. Like, mm-hmm. ideally, like, so you're constantly – um, whether it's progression or regression is, like, mm-hmm. not really for me to say, but it's certainly, like, changed. So, like, reading it, I was like, wow, like, yeah. I couldn't write that book now. Partly because right. it's just a different... Mindset. Different, very different yeah. mindset, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So, and I'm sorry if this is a silly question, but when you call this an experimental novel, what does mm. that mean for you?
1: That's not a silly question. It's... <laughs> i'm really interested in like the story cycle yeah. form right the way mm-hmm. in which you can have um maybe a central idea and the narrative circling that central idea
2: okay and mm. in my
1: mind when i think of like a novel it's sort of um you have the central idea and it's being carried out from like the introduction to the mm-hmm. conclusion and when i think of like an experimental novel let's say it's, mm-hmm. it's variations on that idea and like the accumulated whole is yeah. like the the experimental right. novel, you know, but I really don't. I mean, when people if people buy the book, I really don't give a fuck what they call it. Like, they <laughs> right. call it a story
2: as collection. long as you got that check, yeah. Right. You know,
1: right? like I don't, I don't care. But you know, it's it's just interesting to see how
2: right. mm-hmm.
1: you know it's sort of being codified and like how it's being described. Because right. nobody like haven't heard. in... I mean, you can't say anybody's wrong because it's where they're coming from and how they're approaching right. it. They yeah, per- and they bring what they've read. Yeah, yeah, their perspective and everything mm-hmm. else.
2: Yeah, I thought it was very poignant and riveting. Like. Just, you know, listening to it. And I was like, wow. I got goosebumps listening to a couple of the stories because I was just like, wow, I I connect so much with some of these people. Right. And it's not necessarily that same person, but that story, that character, there's that like, world, you know. Yeah. So going off of that, I feel in mind, like I have the book in front of me. So I wanted to read like a little snippet of like the summary side of it. And I think this speaks to a little bit of like how... I feel like this um, relates to me as well. It's, and so it goes, Around him, others live and thrive and die in Houston's myriad neighborhoods. A young woman whose affair detonates across an apartment complex, a ragtag baseball team, a young, a group of young hustlers, hurricane survivors, a local drug dealer who takes a guamalatine under his wing, and a reluctant chupacabra. <laughs> so it's like... I find this relatable just for me personally because it, I haven't even read this book, but just reading that is like there's so many different characters and so many different stories that you get to read off of just in this, like amazing city that we live in. Like I have a lot of love for my city city, and a lot of it comes from the fact that it's like you get these kinds of stories based on like living in Houston, right? That like there's so many different cultures or so many different types of people and walks of life that you can get in just different pockets of different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'm just really excited to read this. Yeah. I
1: yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I quite like Houston. And I think that a part of the reason that I sort of wanted to reach for different, types of narratives within the collection just mm-hmm. sort of get like it's a very and i've tried to be very intentional about saying this and everything it's like it's a very singular way of looking at the city mm-hmm. right because yeah. like what i've wanted to avoid and as hasn't happened i mean i wonder if it's probably because i keep being so insistent about it or just because people know it's just like it's not like the houston novel because mm-hmm. like that can't exist yeah. like as y'all know I right mean, so. right each of them is, like, very, very, very specific. Mm-hmm. and But within, like, that specificity, you just have, like, so many... There are a lot of different ways to live in this city. Yeah. You know? Like, a lot of different ways to live in the South. So, right. it's, it's it's been interesting seeing how other people <clears throat> describe... Or how they approach yeah. the fact that that Southern diversity. Mm-hmm.
2: So, are these characters in your book, are they based off real people?
1: No. So, for this project, I was really intentional about not pulling too much from my Mm -hmm. life which made it I think a a very different writing process Mm -hmm. because I just finished a thing that I I'll I'll still say that but it'll be a lie
2: yeah Um, it was was a very
1: different writing experience but for a lot specifically like I was try, I was pretty didactic about like okay like having a more intentional separation between myself Mm -hmm. and a lot of the characters. I mean, of course, like you're pulling from mm-hmm. your life, like, and what you're able to actually write is like how much you can extract from yourself and like what you can do with that. But I don't know that any particular character or scenario is like mm-hmm. immediately parallel with like Brian Washington's, like, yeah,
2: experience. no, yeah, it's it. I don't want to. I don't mean I don't want to like compare you to our podcast, but it seems like you also wanted to show other voices outside of yours,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. it was deeply interested in that mm-hmm. you know.
2: yeah and in the book um the summary mentioned that your um, father was Latino and your mom was black right um do you feel that part of growing up as um biracial like that or is it biracial is that the word I'm looking for um uh, multiracial? Black, uh, Afro-Latinx?
1: Yeah, Afro-Latinx, Afro, right? Afro-Latinx. I'm not Afro-Latinx. Right, right. So like, right. Yeah, because like my, uh, my mom is West Indian. like She grew up oh, in okay. Jamaica, and my father grew up in the South, like in Florida. Oh, okay. Right? They're both black. Uh, okay. Um, so it's... I But I think that having characters from... Just a multitude of ethnicities from like a
2: There multitude you go. Of that's what I was looking for. Thank oh, you. Multitude, yeah. of, multitude, multitude thank of ethnicities. Thank you. I was like, it's in the yeah. tip of my tongue. It's like yeah, it's kind of yeah. it's a
1: tricky phrase, like a lot yeah. of It's like multitude of uh, ethnicities. Yeah. It's not it's
2: yeah. gumbo. Yeah. It's not a melting pot. Right. So <laughs> see, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that, that
1: that's great. Yeah. Yes, gumbo is my- like a good because I've been using hot pot. Like when people throw like melting pot at oh, me, like, yeah. no, it's like hot pot. Like, no, gumbo is gumbo. That's what it is.
2: Yeah. So Going back to what I was trying to ask, um, do you feel that growing up in these different cultures played a little bit in what you in what you were writing for your book?
1: Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think what I'm most interested in, like, is a sort of longer project is the ways in which communities intersect with one another or how they don't and like why they don't if they Mm -hmm. don't and like Mm -hmm. how they do if they do. So, you know, I was really just fortunate to live where I lived and I mean I grew up like I've moved like to Houston proper mm-hmm. when I was like 18, 19 like before yeah. that like I was in like fucking Katy like so like just oh, me west too yeah of the this. suburbs oh great yeah but yeah. Wait, so I you were in, there um, oh. I lived in Cyprus area you live in okay so like y'all know I mean like Katy in particular oh. is just a completely different like, I was doing an event there um, last weekend. You and it's just, like, right. so different. Yeah. You know? Like, like now it's, like, oh, v- yeah. front-facing, like, diverse. And mm-hmm. it's it, that just wasn't my experience there. it I kept trying. <laughs> yeah, it, it just wasn't, you know? Like, there's, like, an HMR. Like, there's, like, Oh, my God, lot. you're right. Yeah.
2: Wait, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. They just built
1: one off yeah. I-10. Yeah. yeah, right off I-10. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're building uh, Kinokunuya like, soon. Wow. Like, it's opening in the Like, that. But that wasn't my... No. The, very, very not my my Katie <laughs> experience. And yet, like like my particular like street and neighborhood was like incredibly diverse. Like mm-hmm. my neighbors were uh, Cuban, they were Iranian, they were um, Were
2: you gonna, like Lake Creek, Morton?
1: Uh, mm-hmm. I was actually like right at the boundary between uh, Katie Taylor and Cinco. Oh, Like right okay. when they rezoned, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. they asked like everyone in the neighborhood, like, where do you want
0: to go? Oh, and I think wow. they may have
1: like looked at our street and <laughs> said, no, like you're all, yeah. you're all going, yeah, you're not going to Cinco. But it was, uh, I was very fortunate to.
2: Yeah. Yeah our, editor, yeah. our editor went to Morton.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Cool, cool. There one she drag. is.
2: She's just nodding her head. Cool. Yeah, I saw, like, the
1: silent nod.
2: Yeah. I was like, okay, this. That's <laughs> Danny, y'all. Yeah. She's just hanging out. Yeah. Making sure that our shit sounds good. Yeah, appreciate you. Yeah. Appreciate you. You're the real one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to um, to tackle on that, that, the singularity of Houston and how it is, you know, completely different than what anyone would expect it. I know um, you wrote something in the book about... A lady going to Shreveport. I I lived out there for a little bit. Um, oh yeah, for college, right? How yeah, mm-hmm. um, and how she was talking about how like you don't really have a root in Houston, yeah. and I was like, wow, you're you're right because a lot of people that are from here are either first generation or you know their families elsewhere, and so you don't really get to learn that actual culture, and you have to build your own and your own world, you know, and you have to live within it, especially in Houston. Because, like, people Mm -hmm. can't ever define Houston. They're like, I don't know, what's Houston like? You know, because it's like you can't describe describe
1: it. Yeah, yeah, that's like, but then that's interesting you say that's like kind of been my life for the past few months. It's like, how would you describe Houston? And, you know, the the default answer, like, is that it's you can't. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I mean, as someone who, like, lives here, like, Mm -hmm. it's, you understand, but I can see where if you're outside of the state, or even like in one of the cities peripheral to Houston, like that might sound insincere or like mm-hmm. lazy, but you just can't. I mean, it's so
2: true. It, yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> it's correct. True. You know, like one plus
1: one is two. Like you can't. <laughs> you know, but it's uh, I, it, it's really fascinating because like it, you know we have a huge first gen population. We yeah. have a huge mm-hmm. immigrant population. Yeah, a big refugee population. Yes. Yeah, we do. So
2: I'm a first gen. Yeah.
1: yeah. So they like is a Houston. Culture, like the culture, right. like is Houston, like Houston mm-hmm. is the culture. So, right. and it's formed from an attempt to like create like a simulacrum of a culture like, mm-hmm, right. of, like, where it's where you're coming from, or like what you know, what you want to do, or which who you want to be. And like, it's, mm-hmm. it's just really interesting to be here.
2: Right. What what have we just said that Houston's like gumbo, Houston is gumbo, Houston is gumbo. like I the- think
1: I'll just start saying that. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, you're yeah. Welcome. and then I can, like, oh, like, right <laughs> yeah, I there yeah. you go. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do a little plug for us while you're um, at yeah, it cause, cause like especially we're like in a steaming bayou so it's, it's Jesus so Christ today, it's so Lord. goddamn hot yeah like, uh, uh, like sidebar real quick. I went to go walk my dog earlier this morning. I was like sweating, sweating. It was Didn't you love like, it, though? T- I hate it. <laughs> I can't breathe. I want to like it. Right? I do too. I want Every to year. so badly. But it's like 100% humidity out there. and It's, it's like
1: 100% humidity. It's just making stuff sense.
2: Yeah. Or I mean, I know I'm exaggerating, but it's like definitely like 80-something. It definitely percent
1: feels hum- like. Yeah. Real feel is like 200%. Right. Real like,
2: feel like, is yeah, like 200%, yeah, but it's yeah. like actually like 80-something percent humidity, <laughs> yeah. and it's like 80 degrees out there. And you just feel like you're drowning yeah it's like Mad. you're drowning but you're not underwater no. like, that's how that feels just, that's, that's cool. <laughs> so that's how you can describe using too it's like, like you're drowning sometimes yeah, you're a drowning. bit <laughs>
1: like you're drowning but you're still here like,
2: yeah you're,
1: you're, you're conscious but <laughs> my car drowned last week
2: oh yeah oh did yeah. it yeah oh, yeah, so mine, I, yeah we were just talking about that Over earlier here? yeah t- wow. off
1: telephone and TeleSpin. shit yeah I'm right it's off rough. of uh, Picor and like oh. the water was like rising but I don't know. I guess it's like maybe a little bit too high. Yeah, I feel like I feel like yeah.
2: the city mm-hmm. only gives a shit about making sure you have storm drains and your shit doesn't flood, is if you live in a rich neighborhood. Yeah, um, and that's the T, like the Heights. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like- yeah. The Heights <laughs> it's is like, weird though, because like I stay out in the Heights, and like
2: mm-hmm. it depends you know, on how rich. Like, yeah, it I don't depends. Have money. It depends. But on like, but dep-
1: mm-hmm. yeah, just, but that's it's changing like mm-hmm. so rapidly that like you know you can see where. Okay,
2: right. Like, well, so the reason why I say that's because I live in Montrose, which is was once it's gay, also the same yeah same thing. it was once the gay neighborhood but now it's just like a bougie neighborhood right mm-hmm. and I mean I'm fortunate to be able to live there and I actually, I like living there because of like it's so centralized uh, to where I need to go right mm-hmm. but my street didn't fly at all yeah and I was <laughs> like well that's because a bunch of rich people live in this neighborhood and they would like have yeah. a fit yeah they if saw the problem went. and they said mm-hmm. we're
1: not gonna deal with this yeah. actually
2: mm-hmm. so yeah. so I'm kind of like so yeah. see that's what I. speaking of that right. I wanted to touch up so I read up a, yeah. a lot of the reviews on your book and a lot of people didn't mention like gentrification
1: oh yeah you
2: talk about that a lot you don't necessarily say it but you say it you know <laughs> yeah. you say like, it but you don't you do, yeah, yeah like in the book and like i was like oh you're talking about gentrification
1: <laughs> yeah i mean re- i mean reviews in general are just sort of like an interesting business you know mm-hmm. because right it's,
2: it's can't like, make everyone happy yeah right. and so That's much true. of like
1: what the review is is like the person you know, what they're bringing to it from Mm -hmm. their background, like what they've read and so on. So I can see where, especially for some larger venues or venues Mm with a, um, a pretty sizable reach I suppose you could say like yeah. the, the idea of like harpy on gentrification when in reality many of the viewers or readers might be gentrifiers themselves yeah, like right. you know mm-hmm. on wherever <laughs> they right. fall right. on the scale might be like tricky mm-hmm. like to parse so it's it's been it's been really fascinating yeah. like what people pull out like not too many it is a rare outlet like a rare conversation that like brings up the queerness of various characters yeah. like that doesn't yeah. like it when it appears Does, like right. it's significant because mm-hmm. I'm like oh like this is not something like I've gotten to talk about right. or like I've heard because you talk
2: about, about AIDS a lot in yeah, there yeah. and sex workers exactly
1: like the sex work like sex in general even mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. think that might be because like in most American literary contemporary American literary fiction like sex, people don't have sex like people don't fucking like people don't eat like they just sort of
2: <laughs> go Alyssa Milano <laughs> yeah, yeah they, just, they just
1: don't they just don't do that uh, sex with that <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, heeded, yeah, very, very much. yeah, yeah, very, Yeah, because I don't. What think is that? that? Do
2: you eat with it? Yeah,
1: it's 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 wild. Weird, yeah. It's just really, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: yeah. So you do talk about, um I guess, like people turning tricks and all that in Houston, and mm. a lot of people don't know that that's big here, especially in the um black and brown community. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you're queer, because like that's how you get money. Yeah, and and currently right now, like. Sex workers are in danger. Yes. Like, people are putting laws against them, you know, like, putting them in jail. You know, they literally have no rights. So it's just, like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? You know, like... So to clarify, do you touch on sex work in your book?
1: There's a story featuring several sex workers. It's called WA. It's, like, right... uh, I think it's the second to last Mm -hmm. uh, folks who are trying to navigate that particular situation. And I think the challenge with that story... Was I mean, the challenge with any story, I think, is um, – I think the, part of the reason that a lot of people find themselves sort of tied around with yeah. various narratives is that they don't approach the characters as people as opposed yeah. to sort of, like, ideas, mm-hmm. like, in of Like, oh, this is the sex worker story, so I'm going to have all of the sex worker tropes. Um, like, inside yeah. of that, like, I mean – It's a sex worker, right? Someone who is working for sex, but that's, you know, that's their, that's what they're doing to Mm -hmm. earn money so that they can live, they have a life outside of that and a life within that right so right. trying to sort of occupy the interiority of each of these characters mm-hmm. and not just their work right because right. it doesn't I mean that doesn't solely define them no, right? yeah, it yeah, certainly you're right, makes you're right. you know mm-hmm. it, it's you're a right. part of them surely and it informs their experience but they still have love interests they still have dreams they still have asp- aspirations just mm-hmm. like any other person yeah. so like what writing, sex
2: workers are people I, yeah
1: like you would it, would it would shock you well maybe it wouldn't like the conversations <laughs> no. I've had with people That's about, about this yeah like what whether it's um, the presence of sex or sex workers in the book, the presence of like folks who are pause in the book, that's like also another uh, an interesting, like trigger point, like various yeah. conversations about it. I mean, cause people, I, I certainly people outside of Houston, I, yeah. mean, I don't think they're aware of the presence of HIV, like just the prevalence of right. HIV within specifically within black and brown communities. Yeah. I mean, I think with like MSM, it's like one in every two black okay, MSM mm-hmm. within the next two or three years. I mean, we'll be positive, right? Yeah. Like that is just if the current yeah. rate goes like for Latinx MSM, I think it's like one in yeah. every four. Yeah. Whereas with like white folks, it's like one in every 10. Maybe it's a bit higher. I they think, got money for PrEP. Asians and Asian Americans. <laughs> yeah,
0: also.
1: yeah, because they have money for PrEP. <laughs> yeah. And like, at the, yeah. at, you know, the, the, um, the prerogative yeah. is there. You mm-hmm. know, like the money is there right? it, Yeah, and the resources sad. are there. But like in South Houston, where <laughs> the rates are just astronomical, yeah, yeah. it's it's not there. Mm-mm. So it's it's just really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So for some of these characters in your book, like, I don't want to. I mean, so like I said, I haven't read your book. So the only characters I really have in mind are like the ones I mentioned, the summary and the sex workers. Right. Did you have to find to, you have to do a lot of research for this book? Because, I mean, I don't want to assume that you've lived every every single experience from these people in this book. And I know you also just mentioned you didn't pull too much of what, what went on in your life. So I guess my question is, like, did you have to end up doing, like, a lot of research to really tell these stories, like, responsibly? Did you talk to other people? Um, and, yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So I, I well re- research is like research is like funny to me because like it can take a lot of different yeah. forms, right? Like right. Cause, you, you, know, can out. Google, yeah, you can go on Google. You can hang go out on with Google. People. I mean you can hang out with like nightclubs for like quite a while. Yeah. Like you just sort of I mean you just sort of see like how people interact. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean
1: you have your friends, you have your loved ones who move around certain circles, who move right. around certain communities. So all of that works towards the book. But towards um it took a good deal of research, I wanna say, just because I'm I mean I think that it's like we said, like, responsibility, right? Like, I'm yeah. not someone who is I, – I firmly believe that, like, if you're writing fiction, like, people should write what they want to write. Like, I don't right. – I'm not big on, like, policing what people
2: right. can tell. Which is, like, yeah, not yeah. what we're trying to yeah. Say. yeah,
1: but simultaneously, like, I think that if you're writing a narrative, a question you have to ask is, like, why are you specifically writing that narrative? Right. Which is, and it's interesting because – As soon as you ask that, some people, like, they treat that as if though you're saying, like, you can't write that, right? But simply, you know, I'm asking a question, like, why are you specifically telling this narrative? And, like, what are you bringing to the table when you tell this narrative? And, like, also, have you done the work to tell this narrative? Whether it's hanging out in those communities, like, talking to folks in those communities, seeing, like, how they live, how Mm -hmm. they would like to be portrayed. I mean, because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to show everyone in a positive light, but you have to do it responsibly. And you have to do it with dignity And Mm -hmm. there's I think, yeah,
2: I, I think that like, you know, again, I want to speak for other people, but like the issue that I have like friends who read fiction novels is mm-hmm. that like they want to absorb all these, all all this information and all these stories like well and enjoy them. But then it's also like in the back of their mind, they're thinking like did they do the work to like really tell this narrative responsibly? Mm -hmm. Did they do the, like, why are they telling this story? Like, are they the best person for this? Exactly. Yeah. And so like, and that makes me really happy. Not that I doubted you, but like, it's, it's nice to hear that it's like, no, like I had a purpose for telling these narratives. I want to make sure I told this narrative in like X, Y, Z light. And so I did X, Y, Z thing Yeah. to make sure that like I did it in like the right way.
1: Yeah. And I think that it's not a, a question or, like, a subject that's ever going to have, like, a clean answer. And right. I think they're always going to be... I mean, someone's going to pick up a lot, and then people have picked up a lot. And so, you know, I call bullshit, like, on, like, half of these stories, which is fine because it's your experience that you bring to the It's narrative. also a fiction novel. It's it's also <laughs> it's, it's also fiction when people go through, like, ah, this street doesn't cross with this street. Well, you know, the... This narrative doesn't exist. You know, yeah, it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, but I, I also think that it can be quite clear when mm-hmm. someone hasn't done that work and when they aren't yeah, approaching those right. characters with dignity or like approaching with respect for their interiority. Like I I think it's usually pretty you know, obvious Mm -hmm. yeah
2: like so obvious when i read like maybe one chapter of like what um that one bdsm book that everyone was like oh my god i love bdsm now and it was really poorly written shades shades 50 shades Shades of gray there we go i read like one chapter i was like nope i'm good yeah it's bad
1: it's it's super interesting like because there's not also there's not only like the question of like why are you like writing it but also like who are you writing it to like who is your audience yeah you know and like there are certain like for like I haven't read Shades so I can't speak to it but I think that I
2: read one chapter you've read, so you've read how,
1: it, how did that it chapter it was just go? poor
2: writing it was, it, poor, it writing. was poor writing and, and I don't know if, if it was supposed to be an erotic novel I think so yeah. but I just read this I was like I'm cringing like I can't yeah. I'm putting this away
1: and it's super it's super interesting because like I imagine like there's a certain not
2: that like you know But BDSM
1: is cringy. You know what I mean? But it's just
2: like the way that they were, the author was framing BDSM and the way that the author was like framing these experiences. I'm like, this is supposed to be like a consensual thing. That, like, it's supposed to be like that everyone is enthusiastically participating in this, and that's just not the vibe I'm getting from these characters. I'm putting this book away and goodbye. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know
1: who, like, the main demographic for that narrative is, but I think it would be fair to say that, like, cis straight white women were the (laughs) predominant demographic for that. So it's interesting. Like, like how, no, I don't want to say because I I don't know. I mean, yeah. Black women read more than everyone else. So, like, you you, you don't know. Mm But it's uh, like it's like how are you how are you catering to a reader like are you catering to a reader I think mm-hmm. that's a question that like when you're writing you have to yeah. like, ask yourself and, like and who's like, my reader or listener Yeah,
2: and I mean that's fair, right? That is a fair like. Um, like not assumption. Not saying
1: it's a good thing. It's right? Just, yeah, know, it's it's, just... we're not saying it's a good thing,
2: not at all. But that is fair to say, like, oh, okay, like think about like the audience are caring to, yeah. and maybe this is mm-hmm. what the author. is. Yeah. I don't know. I can't fucking speak for. It. Yeah, like, I can't. Yeah, I can't, right. I can't speak for it. Author. It was just bad. Like yeah. in some of the lines, I just picked and choose. I was like, why did you write that? Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: all. It's all. It's just super. Because like when I'm writing, usually, and I think that now that I've like finished two longer projects, I can say that like usually I yeah. have like a friend in mind or like a couple of friends in mind that as far as like the language I use and like the orality of it. And as far as like the, like the actual Mm -hmm. vernacular, like I like, stories that like you can tell like at a bar and if someone has had like a drink or two they would still comprehend the general gist yeah of the narrative uh, which is okay. why as far as like readability is concerned that's usually what i'm aiming for mm-hmm. which i like that that's and that's just like my personal pocket like i appreciate when people do all sorts of shit but like for me specifically that's just
2: do you try to make your language accessible
1: yes that okay. is like uh that's huge for me yeah yeah that's like mm-hmm. a big deal for me especially because there's someone who didn't come to reading or writing until, like, relatively late. Like, that's big for me because Mm -hmm. the writers that I gravitated to were accessible.
2: Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I... One of my biggest pet peeves about, like... Googling shit, like whenever I want to read something, is that I'll pull up like a article or something and I'll read the language. I'm like, this just is garbage to me. Like you can tell someone not trying to shit on people because I'm sure they work really hard for their PhD, but it's like you can tell this person who has a PhD wrote this as like an academic paper and I have no idea how to decipher this at all. Like I like, and, and that's just me personally that it's not... Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought because it's it's just like, how are we gonna going to gravitate towards like equality justice for everybody if the if the language will rather if the information that's out there is not accessible? Well higher education's like yeah. an olive branch. Of, right, exactly. You
1: yeah. know, yeah. Like I don't and I think I think that's exactly it. Like I don't yeah. want someone to have to have like a PhD in like critical literary theory in order to like understand Mm -hmm. like the stories in lot or the stories or like anything that I'm doing like approachability and accessibility mean a good deal to me not just like in narrative but I mean like at the gym that I go to they just put up like a huge like Truvada poster right which is like a good like Mm -hmm. good you know they put it in the locker room good but the sort of jargon on the poster itself is like inaccessible so if Mm. you're you know, if you don't have a PhD or if you're not entirely clued in to right. vernacular, then it's like, okay, like what the fuck am I looking yeah. at?
2: I think you know? that, and you know, that this can be not a downfall, but like. What happens in social justice circles a lot is that you have people that come in who know so much about a subject that they don't think about how, like, there might be people who, like, are just getting into whatever topic. Mm. And then they come in with all this knowledge. And then you have these people who are just starting out, like, well, what are you talking about? And need you to take, like, two steps back to base to understand the basics, mm. right? Um, it's kind of like how... Um, I'm not per- this is just an example. I'm not a super big fan of like the gender unicorn. And to, and to be clear, the only one I use for people is, um, the one that this transgender college group put together. Cause that's the one I feel the most comfortable, like people putting out that kind of information is going to be from a trans person or like a trans group or organization. Mm. And it's like, I don't like that putting gender and sexuality, like on a spectrum, right? Like commodifying it like that. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's like the first way to get people to understand gender and sexuality, sex assigned at birth and Mm. gender expression, right? Like that's the first step to try to get someone to understand the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's just one example of like, you know, how I talk about like, you know, maybe that this may be not the best tool, but at least we can start somewhere yeah. and we can use as a jumping point for something else.
1: Exactly. And that's so important, like, providing, I think, because I'm I'm not an activist, right? I have friends who are activists. Right. Like I'm not an activist. and they're, But the friends that I've met who work in those fields, like, I have a few friends who are, like, pretty big in, like, HIV activism, right? Or yeah. HIV awareness, mm-hmm. activism, HIV education. Yeah. Many of whom have, like, completely changed my whole life as far as just, like, the education that they were putting out there and just like, and how they did it was just like approachable statistics and approachable vernacular to where I can look at it and say, okay, like I am at risk. Like why am I at risk? Because of this, this, and this, like these three things. Right. And they Mm could have, there there are pages and pages of literature that they could have like thrown at me and been like, yo, like, you know, here's Mm -hmm. the fucking situation. And then I would have been lost and it becomes too much work at a certain level. I think because at the same time, I feel like, you know, people have, Lives and they go to yeah. work, so it's like, okay, do I want to read like 500 pages on mm-hmm. the presence of HIV in South Houston, or do I want to like watch fucking Netflix with the hour that I have that I'm doing <laughs> my fucking job? So it's and that's right. like not a difficult that's choice. A yeah, yeah, you know, it's like not it's not really a choice at all. But yeah. so like the folks who are able to like cross, I suppose, that barrier of like the language. The yeah. methods they're using are um, like mm-hmm. su- I super admire them because it's just it's difficult too. It I is imagine really hard. Yeah. switching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you mean switching? <laughs> switching?
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, well, well yeah. I mean,
2: I will switch. I'm a bottom. <sighs> oh my god, he. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. That's not what I'm talking. <laughs> <about>. I, <laughs> I mean, it's fine. <laughs> so I um, actually wanted to ask a question about like journalism. Do you think that it's dying currently because of the well sensationalized news, like how news has to be hard hitting or it has to be some kind of like triggering thing, you know, like in journalism now. Like do you think it's dying?
1: You asked that, like, so calmly, and it's, like, such a huge question. Like, is all of journalism dying? It's just, like, one question. It's it's kind of like
2: the big question of, like, who is Brian Washington? Yeah,
1: yeah, I suppose. Maybe you can, like, combine these answers, and, like, you'll have, like, the overarching answer. I don't don't know. I mean, the folks that I know who work for some of, I suppose, like, the capital letter outlets or, like, the supposedly, Mm -hmm. like, canonical outlets would Mm -hmm. fall on either side of the fence. I mean, some who work for what are now paywalled outlets would be the first to tell you that, hey, like this is the future of journalism, like paying for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the texts that you're reading as you're sort of like parsing online. I think that, I mean, in a larger way, like the internet is being rapidly gentrified. Oh, right. So Mm -hmm. I think that that
2: is, that's such an interesting concept. I've never thought of it. Like, I mean, I'm also a gentrifier. I hate them, but I also am
1: one. I mean, I live in the Heights, so I can't, you know, like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Mm, it's fine. But it's just it's just it's just super, I mean, like do you think of Tumblr, right? Is a is a supposedly oh. like free internet space. Or like it was for a time, mm-hmm. right? Which is maybe right. an extension of like what GeoCities originally was or how it was like originally conceived. And oh, now Tumblr like itself is like, yeah, you know, like yeah. Geocities like people oh. you could just throw your shit up and yeah. it's like, oh, like Or Zenga.
2: Like, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Live Journal
1: live journal like Actually supposedly not. like free internet <laughs> spaces where like oh you know i want to have like a final fantasy 10 page and like mm-hmm. that's like all you fucking do and like sometimes yeah. there's like porn too like oh like yeah. pictures of my cat or whatever in spaces like that like don't really exist like in a in a sort of like mass accessible right. way anymore it's right? like
2: reddit or four chain yeah or exactly
1: like right it's a place mm-hmm. that's like tinged with like barbed wire and you're also dealing <laughs> with like a lot of
2: Four Chain. Fortune? Really? I thought it was fortune. Fortune? Fortune? Whatever. It doesn't matter. English isn't my first language.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's such a good fallback.
0: That's such a good fucking fallback.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think that uh, it's an interesting time to work in media Mm -hmm. right now. I mean, you can see where so many different corporations or so many entities are just being swallowed up by like billionaires, right? Mm -hmm. And they're driving where... The narrative is going and like what stories are being told and like how they're being told and that is pretty fucking terrifying mm-hmm. I mean, like that's super scary so it's,
2: yeah especially with queer bodies yeah um, exactly because it's like where do we go we, we're not at the top at all nope. and i mean you have some voices that are not but they're very homogenous and
1: very homogenous yeah towards wanna, a very specific audience mm-hmm. yes
2: and it's you know like they want to deal with that same homogenous like there always has to be a man and a woman somewhere you know, like someone representing those roles. Right. You know, and it can't just be this non-binary or this spectrum within that we all gender live fully in. means on both man right. and woman. Hey.
1: <laughs> and it's usually, you know, a cis white dude or like a cis right. white woman mm-hmm. that are in it. It's very I don't want to say rare, but it, it's it's seldom, mm-hmm. I think, that you see Entities with like a large reach or like with a massive reach that are working outside of those sort of continuums or like those spaces or Mm -hmm. those audiences. Right. Yeah
2: well Brian thank you so much for coming on to the show uh, I'm such a like, doubter Dan. i, <laughs> I <know. laughs> it's like such a like, fucking uh, <laughs>
1: hi, so uh, he's dead so yeah get, thanks for thanks for so having me on y'all. Yeah. get yeah, fucked I guess yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Mean, yeah live your fucking <laughs> life I mean,
2: like, no uh, well, what kind of note would you like to end what
1: on what kind of note would I like yeah. to uh,
2: that's my last question what, what mess or so I guess if you uh, want to uh, tell us like either what your next project you're working on if we're allowed to know that yeah talk a little bit yeah uplift us Brian uplift
1: well I suppose it's a bit uplifting. I mean, I think I've been gravitating towards like warmer narratives or like sort of warmer spaces and stories, like particularly with queer folks of color. So the next project is a novel that will, I met with my editor a few days ago and we were sort of talking about when it would be out. So either fall of 2020-ish or spring of 2021, that'd probably be the latest it comes out. But it's a novel it's a rom-com because I'm interested in like the rom-com I'm interested in like I've never like I, I myself personally like in my reading experience I haven't read a, a rom a American in American literary fiction a rom-com with queer folks of color where someone doesn't die at the end we're or things, like, some sort of things. exactly they're you know, just sort of like yeah. living their lives and like dealing with their shit so I was like curious to see what that would look like mm-hmm. so I tried to do that so we're editing it now we'll see like how it actually
2: that's, Yay, awesome. that's awesome yeah i like, can't exciting. wait to read it because i normally hate rom-coms i think they're cheesy ah uh,
1: yeah i mean the rom-com is a form like it's just so like i feel like there's like so much room to like mm-hmm. play and i think that yeah. the marketability of it like lends itself right.
2: to Jesus. no for like, sure there's a certain kind of i don't know if it's because but, i think it's cheesy or because it's so homogenous that's always yes, like a cis yeah. man cis woman yeah that's the rom-com you're watching yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and like, they're usually like pretty like it's rare i feel like to see variations from the formula or like Right. Sort of formulating so
2: album, yeah. so that that's what I'm saying. I don't know if if it's coming from that. I I genuinely think is cheesy or because I don't see myself in these rom coms.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's get, super cultured get cultured.
2: Get <laughs> cultured.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen To All the Boys I love Before?
2: Oh, no. Yes. yes. Oh my God. So good. The one
1: good rom com. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's just that one. But, but but that's what I'm saying. That it's still a cis woman, a cis man. Yeah.
1: You know yeah. Know I mean? It still is. Yeah. It's,
2: it it still is, but One's I I stand Laura
1: Jean though.
2: Oh my yeah, God. No, I, but I, no, I still no. really loved it though yeah. i cried i laughed I like cried, i really laughed. liked it so i went
1: through all the you know, yeah like me
2: too no so, so
1: formulaic still. Yeah. like <laughs> it's which still, is still formula- shady, but.
2: i know and, and i really hate that our standards are <laughs> <were> that
1: low <laughs> but isn't that like isn't that like horrible it's like it sort of leaves you like grasping and then like you get the one and mm-hmm. you're like oh like, love this is simon kind of... it's like oh like why aren't you happy that you like have love simon right like oh it's you know and i feel like that's has been like a like you're not happy but like you have like this movie that did so well and there's this like, movie Whoa. that's
2: coming out with Ali Wong and I forgot the.
1: oh yeah with <gasps> Randall <gasps> Park yeah. yes yeah.
2: And that's a rom-com right it is
1: a rom-com or it looks like one.
2: it looks like what yeah. I really want to watch that one because I think I really those two are it. hilarious still a cis woman cis man but I am here for it. I want to watch they're, it. they're really Asian. funny they're so, really <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah. yeah right hey got some Asian representation, yeah, yeah,
1: there is representation. Yeah. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's good I I'm hope sure I know me too
2: but that's exciting because that just means there are there is more space for us uh, yes. for black and brown bodies yeah. to do rom coms. Yes, yeah,
1: know? yeah, and I think that that's uh, I think that's what I'm most excited about. The same thing like what I'm excited about with lot right because I mean it's I won't <laughs> jump into it here but like the premise of like a queer narrator in the South, uh, predominantly. Right, it exists. With, yeah, yeah, it oh, exists, no. but like within American wow. literary fiction, that is We're not, not like,
2: just igni- there are not ignign-ness? 20 books on the
1: shelves with yeah. that. So the fact that it exists, mm-hmm. like is quite, yeah, you know, and it was, and that only happened because I read other folks and saw that like myself and them and their experiences, even if they weren't directly aligned with like my community, mm-hmm. because, like I'm from, like I think it's a sort of way of attempting to pay those narratives mm-hmm. forward and that means a good deal to me because right. it did a lot for me when other people did
2: right. it yeah. well I'm gonna put it into the universe you're gonna put out this rom-com book and then it's gonna be trying to do a movie I'm putting it oh up. shit yeah.
1: yeah I don't know I feel like that's like a reach you know I think, <laughs> Listen, I think that's a reach I'm putting yeah. it out in the universe right now just ah, like I just, don't know I'm I don't know who movie. would play <laughs> Lina,
2: anyone Lena Wife would, would like pick it up you know <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just gonna. Okay, but okay, but like real talk. If your rom com book turned into a movie, who would play? Who your would character? play?
1: You know, I who don't.
2: Would, who would what play? What one? What one person? Okay, what, yeah. One, one person. One person. Ah,
1: that's a fucking. That's a stunner of a question. I don't. Well, the two protagonists. Like I don't. They just they. Don't it then it's sad. I mean, it's funny, but like it's also sad. Like, they do not exist. Like, in, no, like, that's canon not. Of, like no, that's America. great. Like, they don't like nobody play, they'd have to do like a fucking, uh Tumblr casting call. Oh
2: my god, amazing! You know? it's like, yes. amazing. Yeah, the answer is nobody's good enough. Frank Ocean shows up because that's all,
1: he's yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Frank Ocean does the soundtrack like silently, like humming in the background god, just, like, <laughs> like, throughout, throughout <laughs> half of it. Yeah, Michelle Yo could be, but I would like write a role just for her because, yeah, just not
2: not not protagonist yeah. but
1: there's no role there now yeah. but i would just write it if she yeah
2: like, Let's hang out right. yeah, it's just the hang- <laughs> yeah it's just like, it's just
1: like the sort hang of hang breathe out. the same air really. she's breathing just, uh, just
2: hang out yeah, but. but so that was a better note to end on yeah <laughs> yeah
1: michelle Yeo is like fucking awesome man.
2: yeah there you yeah. go that's what we're gonna end on yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but really. is there any any other thing you want to plug in before we close out uh,
1: i'd plug y'all i mean thank y'all for doing
2: oh, the work no, that you do you. i mean it's
1: necessary work Like, it's essential work, so it means a good deal that y'all asked me to be on the podcast, but also, like, the fact that, you know, that y'all are working in the space and the sort of intra-community conversations that you're having and the fact that you're doing, like, within Houston is pretty awesome. It's pretty rad, so... Oh, I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Thanks oh
2: for coming out. Yeah. Oh, now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna cry
1: now.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to purchase lot if you haven't already. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. so I believe.
1: Oh shit, yeah, yeah. Should have, <laughs> yeah you should buy that. You should buy the book that we were talking you, about. If you want to do that, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Where? Can
1: oh, we, I should plug uh, Brazos. Uh, yeah, Brazos, uh, Brazos Bookstore. Yeah, yeah. If you live in Houston, then you should. You're probably already aware of Brazos Bookstore. But even if you don't live in Houston, you can order online from Brazos Bookstore. Support your indie bookstore. Support your local any Bookstores—they do yeah. a lot. Change my life. That probably change yours.
2: Yeah, yeah, we've had Sarah on the show before. Oh shit!
1: You know? yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for coming on again. Yeah, um, awesome again. And if y'all haven't yet, please check us out on Spectrum South because, you know, as I'm sure y'all know now, we are a Spectrum South podcast. So check us out on there. Um, and if you haven't checked our Facebook, it is at Veer Queer Podcast. And don't forget to check us out on Twitter. That I think my still working on updating Yeah, it's updating. It's, it's updating. Yeah. so find us on twitter which is veer underscore queer htx and with that i am julian my and we are with brian you can sign out with us brian just say hey hey bye
0: Bye. (laughs) thanks so much Bye. bye looking for even more lgbtq activities to experience this june you're in luck Pride Houston is taking over Pride Month with a jam-packed lineup of incredible events, including Baywatch by Salvation at Clay Houston on Saturday, June 15th, starting at 2 p.m., followed by the much-anticipated Eve and Apollo afterparties. Plus, be sure to check out Rock the Runway, Pride Houston's official Pride fashion show, at Garage HTX on Thursday, June 20th at 7 p.m. Visit pridehoustonorg slash events for Pride's entire event lineup.